Welcome back to episode 184 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. Another way to stay up to date is by signing up to our newsletter at theblockrunner.com. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and today we bring you BitGod to discuss all things ordinals. Here's some of the topics we discussed today. First up, BitGod shares his journey in the crypto space from reselling sneakers to working at centralized and decentralized exchanges. Next, we discuss the exciting new release from Quadrillion. Then, what are the challenges of onboarding artists to Bitcoin, the importance of digital artifacts, and the potential of the metaverse for community building? And finally, we ask BitGod about the future of the Bitcoin ecosystem. All right, let's listen in. Welcome back to another episode of the Block Runner Podcast. I'm your host, William, always here with your co-host, I'm Ann. What's going on, dude? And on the sticks, we got TJ. Hello. And joining us today, finally, we got BitGod on the deck. Appreciate you for joining us, man. Yeah, thank you so much, guys, for, for having me on the podcast. Looking forward to this this uh, this discussion. Yeah, man. Yeah. So we've been uh, avid followers of your Twitter account, and you've been spitting hot fire every yeah, <laughs> 30 minutes or so on Twitter. Yeah, it was definitely very like uh, when we first got into the ordinal space. It was, it was I think much needed like uh, confirmation or <laughs> yeah. validation that you know th there's there's a lot of interest and a lot of passion behind what's happening here, totally. right? And a lot of that was coming definitely from you and your community and stuff. And I think yeah, we, we're very experienced, I guess, and when it comes to like you know finding new things that emerge in this Web three industry. Yeah, and it's always like the community slash. The, the passion and the the vibe and the energy that brings around, us in that, 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 gets, us that, a, that gets us like stuck, stuck into something right so yeah. a few years ago it was the whole metaverse thing we felt the passion there the metaverse <laughs> nft space and then now it's it feels like it's all on bitcoin and it feels like you have a huge part in that so if you can give us like a rundown of like your background your story like who is bit god how did you even get totally. that name, dude? Like you're the Lord of Bitcoin. Right? Uh, no, I think, uh, I think some background, right? I think now I've been in like just in and around, I guess the crypto space the past like eight years or so, right. As I was really graduating high school, um, would go off to college and, and, you know, still just be in it. I think losing mostly a lot of money. Uh, but, but, you know, I think as time went on was, was really just focused on, on working. Uh, trying to build like little companies here and there uh, at that time, you know, in like 20, what is that? 2016, 2017 uh, was really focused on like reselling sneakers and, and a number of uh, those sort of uh, types of little gigs and had a blast, you know, like living rooms just full of shoes and stock X and all that sort of stuff. Um, had a blast. And I think as time went on, like started to just get deeper and deeper into to crypto and, you know, ultimately wanted to, to pursue this as, as probably my, uh, you know, sort of full-time job in, in some capacity. And so I think as I was getting closer and closer to graduation, uh, really wanted to, to of course work full-time and, mm. and, uh, started really my first, I guess, really startup, right. Which was a centralized exchange, um, with, you know, sort of a few other people. Um, and that had some, some early traction, but, but ultimately I think really failed. I think that, uh, there was a lot of, uh, you know, interesting sort of learnings, I guess, from that specific company. And, and you know, there was no, you know, sort of deposits or withdrawals or anything like that. And 
ultimately got to a point where it was like I was footing the bill for the entire company and just could not sort of continue that, especially during that time as well. COVID had started. Um, and honestly, the focus was more so on DeFi summer, right? Okay. I was, it was the 2020 summer yeah. of, of, of DeFi. And so like, you know, centralized exchanges were still there, but like everyone was trying to farm, you know, different sort of uh, food tokens, of course. Yeah. Um, post that, right, as, as I sort of shut that down, would then get a job at a, at a decentralized exchange. Uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, from there in, and so that was sort of 2021. Uh, the majority of 2021 worked there. <laughs> 2022 wanted to break into the venture side of things, um, and eventually did with uh, with a company called Lemnus Cap, mm. um, and you know worked there for a bit. You know, trying to invest in in a number of different ecosystems. Yeah, we're, um, we're familiar crypto, with Lemnus, so, Lemnus Capital. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, 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 no, amazing, amazing people, and and I had a blast really working there. Um, I think you know one of the things with that experience as well. Um, was pre, you know, in 2022, like pre Luna crash, uh, mm-hmm. that was sort of like the stuff I love, right? It was like, it was like deals every other day, right? It was, it was, you know, you're doing like a couple of deals a week or something like that. And, uh, it was exhilarating, but like post Luna crash, everything slowed down dramatically, right? Mm-hmm. I think in May or, or it was it May, April or May of 2022, basically after that, it was like, very few companies were raising the companies that were, it was like clear that there was nothing. So it sort of slowed down a bit and decided to, you know, to, to ultimately sort of leave from there. Um, and, you know, I think decided to pursue some stuff on the NFT marketplace side uh, as well and, and just continue to get more and more experience. And I think that that really brings us to more recent, right? I think back in, I want to say it was March of this year, right? Of 2023, was when I, uh, you know, saw Ordinals launch on the timeline. Uh, really, mainly Magic Eden. I saw them launch on Ordinals on the timeline. They were just like March twentieth or so. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Huh, this is this is sort of interesting." Went to the website and, um, you know, it, it sort of recommended Xverse. As soon as I saw those two experiences sort of coupled, I was I was like, "Oh, there's definitely something here." Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I really set up this this account, and it was not focused on really building anything. I was just honestly looking to have to have fun, collect some stuff, you know, shit post. I think that, that you look at those early posts and it's like, you know, very lax. Um, it's, it's, there is no sort of like focus or anything. It's just like, let's just have some fun here. Um, so that was, uh, I guess that's sort of the, the backstory. Um, and I think, I think maybe, I guess the backstory behind the name, I, I, I think I was just looking for like something short. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and had seen some other like accounts like named God in the past, like DeFi God and, mm. and some others that I had followed. Yeah, uh, I, I think that just sort of came up. It stuck, and I'm like, screw it, you know, let's let's do it. <laughs> yeah, so I think in the early days, I switched between a couple of names. Right, it's like Ord God or Ordinal God, and then Bit God. So yeah, and I think it's just sort of stuck. Yeah, I think on Twitter, you also explained that um, that you had a ton of attempts on Twitter to uh, like create a, like a, a massive following, and uh, I, I think one of your recommendations was just to like just post anything and everything and. You see what sticks. Is that uh Yeah, so I, I think like like you look at my history and it's not just like it's not just Twitter. Like I am I'm very much someone that like it, you know can't just sort of like read a book and I, I learn. Like I need to fall on my face like multiple times mm-hmm. in order to to really learn something. And like you if you I don't even know if this is around anymore, but like I've tried to do like three or four different podcasts as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and they failed, right. Like no viewers on Twitch and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, you know, I've ended up like sort of packing up shop. And so like uh, the same thing with Twitter, right. Where like, I've tried 
to to you know gain a following and and whether there's just like there's no interest there's there's you know the strategy is wrong whatever the hell it is right is 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 as i've tried it before mm-hmm. right and so um yeah i mean that's the that's the way but yeah no i think to your question specifically that's my my sort of thoughts on this stuff i think a lot of people get in their head too much about like well like it doesn't sound right i need to fix this up and it's just like you just need to get stuff out there um and i think over time you start to learn more and more about like maybe what people like what people don't like and that's how i like to build i think sort of uh you know strategy as well as as, as just sort of like learn from from what works and what doesn't yeah that's a lot like the strategy of like mvp minimum viable product yeah. it's like build something quickly get it mm-hmm. out there get it tested get totally. some feedback and then just kind of iterate from there mm-hmm. and that's a lot i think that that was sorry go ahead no i was just going to say that uh, your your story is sort of very similar to ours like um when we started the podcast we weren't necessarily had a goal of any kind it was just i'm and i just talking about crypto and yeah stuff that we just found interesting right yeah and we were i guess personally for me i was just trying to break into the industry because my background is in engineering and uh, it's just not as interesting as crypto and so i needed to figure out a way to like get into the the industry somehow so you know i liked starting a podcast and i didn't even know that dude i thought we were just having fun oh yeah (laughs) i didn't know that we were trying to break in but thankfully yeah you had that uh back-end agenda because we definitely broke in yeah yeah yeah. one way or another because it's it's important just to, because yeah, I mean, and I think the most important thing, obviously, is uh, consistency too. Yeah, which is something yeah. we've maintained yeah, for, for a sure. long time now, and it's 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 t- it's tough because you know these things, you know, especially in this market where you have these up and down yeah. cycles where things are going like amazing, then I'm like you know within a year or two, it's like trash. You're, you're questioning your sanity all over again. It's like yeah. wow, you know, is all this just you know. Uh, fake news something yeah. i don't know especially when you get into like these super niche um like realms that we find ourselves in like we you know we got involved in the metaverse sector before you know yeah. facebook <laughs> and meta was even a thing yeah so we yep. really weren't sure yep. if there's any future in this if anybody else agreed with us same with nfts yeah we, we're we were, questioning our own sanity several times on the podcast yeah it's like yeah exactly so and it, it feels like we're kind of in the same spot again with ordinals and Bitcoin, but not really. Yeah. It seems yeah. a little bit more obvious this time around yeah. when you kind of like analyze the, the, the landscape of what's happening in web three and the macro situation, everything, it almost feels like a perfect alignment of events yeah. to cater to this new narrative. Right. So <clears throat> I guess, yeah. Give us your thoughts on that, dude. Like, okay. Yeah. You, you generate a lot of traction socially with the bit God persona yep. brand, whatever it is. Uh, is that what it is? Since you like kind of hit lightning in a bottle with with the Bit God, is that what you, that 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 uh, actualization of your identity is that what kind of like kept you uh, focused on the ordinal space and its growth, or is it just like the innate, I guess, value pro- potential of of ordinals and Bitcoin, uh, separate of what you know the Bit God mm-hmm. brand represents, like, or is it just a combination oh, I mean, of it all? I mean, I mean, honestly, it has it has nothing to do with myself, right? I think that like. You know, even the the OHP team, it like you know, I've made I've made zero dollars on that, and the rest of the team as well. Like, I, I I think like this has all been and 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 everything I've done so far and want to continue to do in the future is really for ordinals or or more so for Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the first time in 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 my life, like, um, I feel like I can actually. Uh, of course, it's still going to be difficult. Of course, it's still going to be competitive. Whatever, but I think this is the first time in my life where I'm like you know, you can actually sort of try and set up 
and and really build for the long term. I think that that you know seeing what I've seen so far across these different ecosystems, especially being on the investing side, is like um, you really don't know, right? As a builder, if that L one you're building on is going to be around in the next like mm, right. two years, like especially five years. Right? Like it, it seems like it seems like gargantuan. And so I think that this is the first time where I'm like, okay, like you don't have to worry about the underlying L1. Maybe you have to worry about, you know, some of the culture, the politics between, you know, Bitcoin maxis and, and, you know, the ordinals builders or, or whatever. But like, that's something I feel like I can much more deal with, you know, than, than like the underlying chain just dying and, and not having any traction. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think, I think it has nothing to do with myself. I think it has everything to do with, you know, with Bitcoin, with ordinals, with, you know, the team um, and, and making sure that, you know, we're sort of doing right by, by, you know, whatever product we're building, right. I think for now on the quadrillion side, right. Is, is doing right by the artists and that whole experience. So yeah, it has, it has really nothing to do with myself. I think that I just see, um, you know, like marketing and, and, you know, and strategy and all that sort of stuff. I think just in, in a different way than, you know, some of the other people, some of the other companies, I think on, on ordinals, right. Like, um, and of course you see that in, in, in how things I think really develop uh you know on, on my on my page as well as as, as the others that I'm, I'm focused on so yeah i think uh i think that's my that's my answer mm-hmm. to that yeah i think i think for sure just the i think you're right in in addressing like the underlying opportunity of, of i guess it's like a collective understanding all of us who are like involved in contributing to like the infrastructure of this whole bitcoin thing because I, I think yeah. a lot of us are seasoned veterans we've seen we've seen these uh you know, these manias come and go and these new sectors emerge from Web3 and other L1s, like you're saying. A lot of it, of course, originating from Ethereum and a lot of it, you know, copycat, copycat attempts for other L competing L1s or... Yeah, you know. and from the marketing perspective too, it's like uh, the reason why we liked Bitmap a lot was partly not because of its, you know, sort of genius, but but also it's like it's the metaverse on Bitcoin, <laughs> yeah. right? That yep. narrative is more than enough to get anyone excited who doesn't really, you know, understand like how Bitcoin works or yeah. understand the metaverse, but you put those two things together, everybody's heard of the metaverse, everybody's heard of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. put them together, it's like a no-brainer. Yeah, and you can yes. apply that same logic to basically anything. Yeah. Anything on Bitcoin. It's like pictures seems, on Bitcoin. Yeah, pictures, music, yeah. Uh, anything you could think of. So unlocking that, I guess, that new paradigm right is is the collective mission i think we're all on yeah did you know that we're more than just a youtube channel we also built mscribe the first inscription platform built from the ground up for the metaverse on bitcoin connect your bitmap ordinals and use our tools to bring your community into the virtual realm support us by joining the movement at mscribe.io like comment and subscribe for the latest alpha back to the video so so what do you think as far as because you you entered around march that's that's basically when we basically went all in ourselves around the launch yeah. of BRC twenties. Mm-hmm. Like we saw the traction that generated, we watched it balloon from like a 20 million market cap space to 1 billion in like a few weeks. That was enough for yep. us to be like, okay, yeah, this is, there's something happening here yeah. that we can't take our eyes off of. Right. So give us, I guess, I guess, um, take us back to that time whenever you were seeing BRC twenties, like, you know, you took a huge, I guess, risk or gamble just like throwing a token out there or maybe you didn't see it as, as that what, like what was the motivation behind zero xbt and the uh, intentions behind what it is you want to create with it yeah i mean i mean i think i i think maybe i'm unlike 
I'm like you guys, I wasn't there right during the, the mint of Ordi, right? Like I think mm-hmm. that was what March 9th or so. Mm-hmm. I think I, I really believe I, I'd have to go back for sure to confirm, but I'm pretty sure my first day was March 20th. Whenever Magic Eden sort of officially launched, I think that 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 was when I entered Ordinals and and honestly didn't know anything about BRC twenties at that time. Um I think as time progressed, uh there was like I think this time in in like late April to you know so about a month or two later um to like early i guess yeah like late april to to, to early may where there was just this like lull period right where, where, where we even see saw this sort of over the summer where it was like there wasn't really much minting right on the jpeg side um i think volumes were were maybe steadily increasing but not you know sort of too crazy um and i think that that uh as time progressed I think like many others started to mint as, as many as many tickers as possible on the brt20 side right in like yeah. that late april time i think like like so many others were doing um it was just fun right it was it was different and like we hadn't i hadn't seen personally like this this meta of like a free you know a free mint mm. um really ever and so i was like this is really interesting and i think from there it started to really build a thesis around like all right if i do you know this sort of token for sort of bootstrap the the community um and then from there you know go into you know what is is ultimately next which is is it was always going to be something art focused um that was i think always always sort of clear to me not sort of a game or not a not anything DeFi related etc um then i think that there's sort of an avenue to to try this out and i think that um that was the thesis i think that there's there's been um a number of things that I would say like confirm that as well as like, you know, some, some interesting ideas to the contrary. So yeah, that was, that was my background or sort of history to, I think BRC twenties. And then I think really the thesis to, to why I decided to, to, to launch OXPT. Yeah. I remember that, um, when we first saw BRC twenties, it was like really hard to understand. It's like, why is everyone getting excited mm-hmm. over these like Jason, Jason like inputs into Bitcoin and, yeah. uh, and then like two or three weeks later, it just ballooned to like a billion dollars. I was like, well, what is, what is happening? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so, so now like we have like these different competing fungible standards, like what, what's your take on that? Are, are Bitcoin, do you yeah. recommend like following like the, I, I guess the general consensus or like where the masses are, where the liquidity <laughs> is, or does it make sense to, uh, go after tokens that have like development functionality functionality yeah potential yeah so i have a lot of thoughts here um one i would say is is if you go back to before i even you know started teasing anything or really even doing anything on the oxpt side i remember there was a, a short period right of of like basically the time between ordi um you know just being i think really mainly traded the otc slash i think unisat had maybe just launched their marketplace mm-hmm. um and already of course being listed as the first brc20 on a, on a centralized exchange there was like what like there was like four or five different competing standards that came out in that one or two week period mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like src20 yeah. orc20 yeah. you know uh, i forget about uh, i think there was about xrc right stamps um yeah. a bunch of stuff came out in between there and and my ultimate you know, thoughts and, and thesis then was like you know i think the most valuable will, will of course recruit where where there is social consensus or you know ultimately the most liquidity and that was still brc20 right um and of course post 
already getting listed on an exchange, to me, it was like, okay, like this is probably solidified as, as the standard, right? At least, at least for now, or at least in the short term. Um, I think as time has progressed, uh, of course, like different standards have now come out, I think with some updates, right? You got like ORC cash and, and ORC 20, um, with Sonic, uh, who I've chatted with, with extensively, you know, you have, you have track and you have, you know, you have Benny who I've chatted also extensively with. Um, and then of course you have, you have more recently, of course, runes, right. From, from Casey, uh, you know, I think that it's been, it's caused really a, maybe not so much track in, in ORC, uh, but definitely runes has has caused a lot of confusion and I think the the OXPT community, right? And, and confusion and really chaos and like, all right, are we going to move to this standard? Are we staying here? Like what are we gonna do? And so we actually we actually announced, uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but we announced I think one or two weeks ago, um uh, like as a as sort of the OXPT sort of side of things we're actually going to be moving away from from that entirely at least for at least for now mm -hmm. right in in sort of post the mint of, of perpetuals which i assume we'll, we'll probably get into soon um we'll be moving to sort of like an access pass right an ordinal's access pass to the quadrillion ecosystem right um and so that'll be a reclaim right the only way to get that path will be via oxpt but this specific, you know, conversation and confusion around BRC twenties or runes has 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 honestly just caused a lot of chaos. I mm -hmm. think in the community, and um, I'm all for competing standards. I'm all for you know, uh, you know, pushing the boundaries. Um, I think maybe it's just been like the way the the rollout or announcements have been around runes has caused caused the most confusion, right? Maybe if it was it was there was some you know some serious comms around it, etc. I've talked extensively with this. This, this topic with the IRL Alpha crew and, and more. Mm -hmm. um, but that's our sort of thoughts right now. I assume, though, in the, in the longer term, now going to, to sort of my future thoughts, um, one standard will probably win. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I think it just, and I don't know if that's Runes or BSC20, or it's, maybe it's something that hasn't even been launched yet. But that's my general thesis around these token standards is both on the non-fungible side, as well as the fungible side, there's typically one that's utilized most, right? You can have a, a, a bunch more, but you know, where the, the, the most of the liquidity and value accrues is, is usually one standard. And mm -hmm. I assume that that is probably six months to a year out, maybe, uh, maybe less, but, but that's my, my, my current thesis. And so maybe it is in the future that we revert to, uh, you know, sort of airdropping or something in the future with, with uh, a BRC20 Arun. But I think for now, um, you know, the sort of entity that is providing the main utility to OXPT, like, like needs to continue to push forward without, you know, or sort of with as little chaos or confusion as possible. Um, you know, that's, that's the way we look at it. Yeah, it's really tough because as if you're a retail or you're just like a, an investor, it's hard to pick one because of so many standards and you want to pick the right yeah. one where the liquidity is. But as a builder, it's even more complex because even though the liquidity might be in BRC20, it's not really great for programming, right? Mm -hmm. Some some functionality, yeah. right? So it's- Oh, I mean, it's been it's been so difficult, right? And I think like you've seen over the past like six months, right? Since since OXPT was, was, was really sort of minted, or I think maybe a little bit less than that. Um, like there hasn't really been that much, right? Developed and like, we can't use it as a payment mechanism. Right. And then there's like, there's so many different hurdles, you know, that I think have, have you know, sort of stood in the way. 
um, and hoping that this is is the right move for the long term. Um, so yeah, agree with you there. Yeah. So um, so yeah, you said you were moving away from OXBT. So what what exactly are you moving towards? Yeah, it's going to be a, a sort of ordinals access pass okay. that you'll exchange or sort of swap. Okay. Right, your OXPT for. Um, uh, and, and that'll be, of course, access to what Quadrillion is is working on, the sort of main entity, you know, providing utility to, to OXPT. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, because uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, access passes from uh, different entities and, and all that. So I'm, I'm curious, like, you know, why the access pass? Um, does it, does it, I guess, enable some sort of functionality that the original BRC20 token couldn't or... Is it just like better for marketing? Is like what? What's the angle? Well, no, I think I think the angle there is is really a couple things, right? Is one is is I think moving away from uh, the BRC twenty and standard standard in general. Well, I think caused less confusion. Okay. Two is 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 really the uh, uh, I think the potential collectability of it. I think that there's a number of different ways we've been 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 sort of like testing and and modeling. That I think would be really cool with with the ordinals access pass with recursion in general that we haven't necessarily seen before. Right? I know we've seen a ton of access, you know, like proof collective pass and and you know whatever on on ETH. But I think that there's a lot of cool or interesting ways you can get creative with with an access pass on mm-hmm. ordinals specifically. Yeah. So um, that of course relates to to the brand and and all that sort of stuff. So that's that's really my answer to that. Yeah, it makes sense because uh, BRC twenty is a little bit more restrictive. So. Having yeah, that, totally. that flexibility is going to be important if you're cultivating a community. Yeah. Definitely. And, and I guess like also, yeah, while there's so much chaos and confusion amongst like the fungible token <laughs> ecosystem, it, it kind of does make sense strategically just kind of like sideline ourselves a little bit yeah. until like all this yeah. like, contention kind of resolves itself. So that we, you know, as, as a community, yeah, there, again, there's more consensus and a little bit more of like a cohesive direction because it definitely felt like that early on. Like it felt like we were full steam ahead. We all knew what to do. Yeah, we're all yep. contributing to build like in a, in a very you know singular direction. Then all of a sudden, there's like <laughs> 10, 10 paths we yeah. can all take. And we we, we yeah. discuss this daily. Is like, dude, we, we want to do so much, but you know, there's a lot of different options and you know different variable uh, outcomes from what it is we decide to build. But you know, we don't. Yeah, we don't necessarily know. Where the market, that invisible hand, that force that, that that dictates whether or not things will will succeed or not, um, right? Well, they'll they'll agree with us, right? So, Bitcut, are you sort of hoping that the fungible standard that gets liquidity also has the development like infrastructure and capability there, or does it really matter? Totally. I mean, I think I think I think totally right. I think the the thing I was mentioning a second ago, right? It's like it's been six months, right? Yeah. And I understand that. I think you know, Domo. Uh, and others maybe on the BRC20 side, right, had no had no clue it would take off, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and there was not, you know, uh, anything set up to properly help improve that, et cetera. And I, I talked to Domo extensively as well at, at Bitcoin Amsterdam, and I have a lot of respect for for him and everything that that the L1F is now doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think like even when Runes launches. Like what infrastructure will really be there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like maybe Ordinal's wallet and and maybe Unisat will 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 instantly support it. But like then it'll still take months for you know let's see let's see a swap let's see a marketplace. Like it's still it's still going to take a lot of time to build infrastructure or get to a place where it makes sense for everyone, right? Not yeah. just 
us as as like a company or us as builders, but you know the end user to to seamlessly be able to to purchase or either buy or sell, uh, you know, to send whatever it is, right? And and even like, how do we know Runes is going to interact with wallets, right? Like like that took a while for Xverse and and others to you know implement properly BRC twenty functionality in the wallets, like. How will we how will we be able to see this stuff in our wallet? So I just think it's gonna take, and it always takes longer, right? I think on the, anything on the engineering side, right? Always takes longer than than previously estimated. So mm-hmm. I just think like whenever runes does does launch, which I think is is what a couple months or supposedly a couple months from now, mm-hmm. it's still gonna take a while to to build out the proper infrastructure that makes the most sense for 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 everyone. So I'm, yeah. I'm hoping it, it it happens and happens quickly, but understand also the reality of of like developing on Bitcoin. It's not the easiest. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. I mean, uh, trying to figure out which one is going to um, kind of win out is going to be basically like gambling, and you don't want to gamble your developer time on yeah. on a gamble, right? You want to be sure to make sure that you know you're not wasting any resources. Yeah, but at some at some point, totally. some somebody has to take that gamble, right? Because yeah. again, a market has to form around something. Yeah, right? that's what I was gonna say. Totally. Crack Benny, uh, yeah. Benny, exactly. our, our yeah. lord was an inside <laughs> joke, by the way. But but yeah. Benny, he's like he's building a pipe, and pipe yeah. has more yes. functionality right off the bat than uh, yeah. the standard runes. It's it's an improvement yes. on what it is. Casey's it's it's a it's again a hybrid approach, right? Bringing what's we all love about BRC twenty to yeah. what it is being proposed with runes, and and we're seeing like a vibrant community yeah. emerge from that. We're getting constant pressure from yeah. them, like, hey guys, <laughs> talk more about what's happening here. Build on pipe, yeah, <laughs> yeah. build for fight, all this stuff. Tap tap tap, right? So these are all the things that typically like that draw our attention, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> I don't I mean, yeah, what what do you think of the potential of that? Like uh, have you looked into that ecosystem at all? Um or- Yeah, I'm 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 particularly bullish on Betty, uh yeah. as well as um uh Santiago, right? Yeah. Uh I think at at Hodling. Yeah. Uh, he's here in he's here in Orange County as well. And we got to meet, I think uh maybe it's been like a full month now or so ago. And I know he's building tap exchange. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm particularly bullish on Benny. I've talked to him a lot and, uh, I think what they're doing, what they're doing is credible. And, and honestly, like, like I, I, what I've just been really mentioning only BRC 20 and runes the past like five to 10 minutes, but it could be that, that, that pipe and, and what Benny works on is, is the actual winner. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, I, uh, you know, I think only time will tell, right. I think like time and money will tell. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember we were having a conversation with uh, Josh and and Randy from Ordinal's Wallet, and yep. I think from their perspective, they're sort of waiting on like what Casey does and and just support whatever Casey does. So I wonder if yep. like Casey has that gravitational pull where it's pretty much what he says goes in terms of like where the 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 liquidity, the gravity of the liquidity goes. Mm. So I'm 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 wondering if like that's going to be the case or not. Or but at least like. Because liquidity follows, I guess, what developers end up provide pr- the provisioning, right? Yeah. So it's really the, it starts with the devs. Yeah. And yeah, so like they, because in the beginning of Runes, you know, the Ordinals Wallet guys, they were like, they're ready to kind of like put out their own interpretation of this right. before Casey kind of like re-stepped yeah. in, right? So like twelve hours. Well, I later, think it's just, yeah, I think it's just people people projecting, right? Like, um, and this isn't a this isn't a dig at Benny, right? But like you have the comparison here, right? You have you have of course a Casey. Right. And then you have Benny, right. Who I think are both very capable developers, capable people, right. Smart people. But you have, of course, you have Casey on this side. That's, that's proven, right. With, with the ordinals protocol that, you know, has generated this, this, you know, what, 30, 
five million plus inscriptions, like over five hundred million dollars in in you know sort of secondary volumes, etc. And then you have Benny, right? Which which maybe he's built a protocol like that in the past, like we just don't know. But like I, I think you get what I'm saying in, yeah. in that like consumers are just projecting like, hey, like Casey's done this in the past. I think Benny's cool and 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 really really smart. But you know what? You know I don't know. But I think yeah. at the end of the day, that's not what ultimately makes you know uh, uh, a product win, right? It's not like you know consumers thinking that like something is cooler or something has more promise it's ultimately i think what what makes the most sense right i think that the builder is building on top that that sort of protocol or that 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 uh that ecosystem etc so yeah i mean if you know benny can yeah you're right big god i mean uh we we sort of uh see the parallels of like the construction of the internet with all of crypto and when the internet was being built it didn't necessarily use the best protocols to build it yeah right someone 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 essentially dictated the protocols and everyone just followed suit so even if casey casey's implementation of a fungible token is isn't as good as benny's for example Mm. it might still win out because just because of its gravitational pull Mm. even though benny's implementation is just way better for developers Mm -hmm. so it just it's really going to depend and and it sucks for us because we're builders and i don't like waiting around (laughs) and that's this is the worst part (laughs) yeah yeah i mean that's that's our exact point as well like it's like i hate being in this limbo period of confusion of chaos you know like it's it it just doesn't make much sense right and so Mm. like if you can remove that independency or uh, you know dependency or externality then it's it's probably best in the short term yeah i wonder if if it makes sense to like support everything and then just like deprecate things as people just <laughs> yeah. like, forget about it mm-hmm. that's true i think i think you definitely could right like you definitely could have you know a, a pipe a pipe token right you could have a rune token a brc20 probably all at the same time i think the biggest problem is like how that would look operationally Right, there would probably be different prices for for all of them, different holders for all of them. Right, it wouldn't be like one to one, and then you have to think about like how the community, you know, is around that, and like do does Matrika right uh, uh, support all of those token gating features, right, and like so many different operational sort of things there that might just be a total nightmare. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. When you were mentioning that, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you've heard this thing called DMT, digital matter theory. We've, we've been no, talk- I don't think so. We've been talking about this here for a couple of months now, but yeah, it, it's just a, a name that we gave the thing that humans have been doing for like a hundred thousand years is just recognizing patterns. And yep. um, and you were talking about having several tokens being supported, and and um, what this is is really like we're trying to figure out why bitmaps was so instantly valuable to us. And, and it was because Blockamoto figured out, he recognized a pattern of Bitcoin's blockchain being the blocks being districts and the, the transaction being parcels. And uh, so it, it really went back to like, the value came from the underlying source data, which is Bitcoin data. And so digital matter theory is just applying that, that source data to a fungible token or a non-fungible token. So. What that would look like right. is if you find a pattern on Bitcoin's blockchain, let's say you take a transaction hash, and in that transaction hash, you find um, four A's in a row. And and it's like, okay, how many times does four A's occur on a transaction hash in all of Bitcoin's history? And uh, for now, just for the sake of conversation, it comes up 10 million times. So so now you've come up with a, a method to generate either a fungible token or a non-fungible token based off of Bitcoin's data. 
And I think through this uh, non-arbitrary token mechanism, we can generate these tokens um, using any of the standards that exist. And so there lies the problem. It's like, well, which standard? Are we going to be using BRC20s? Is it going to be mm. runes or whatever? And so, but nonetheless, like this, this methodology applies to any fungible token. So if there's like mm -hmm. a community following, you know, BRC20s, it can generate non-arbitrary tokens using this method using BRC20. And then another community in the runes, they could do the exact same thing, create runes based off of data of Bitcoin's blockchain. Mm. And I think what this, yeah. what this does is the entire history of crypto has been arbitrary. It's like, why 21 million for Bitcoin? Right. Why, why do we have like these, like just an arbitrary selection of max counts? Right. And so with this non-arbitrary method, we're able to use Bitcoin's block data, find a pattern that sort of fits with, with what you're trying to do. And, and then just create some sort of a narrative that's like these, this token exists based off of this non-arbitrary pattern that's exists on Bitcoin's blockchain. So we think this could be like a new sort of angle that people can leverage on creating tokens that are non-arbitrary and it's like something new. I mean, I, <laughs> I think something else as well too is, is that I just chatted with, uh, with, uh, his name, I believe LH from Saturn. I don't know if you've, you've seen oh, yeah. Saturn at all. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, they're, well, I'm not sure actually how much, how much, like, I don't know how much he wants me to, to divulge, but like, I think you maybe seen some stuff on Twitter with, with like ChartFu, right? And, and uh, maybe from LH as well, uh, talking about, you know, basically sat ranges being mm. fungible tokens as well, yes. which enter, yeah. which, which brings up a whole nother standard uh for 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 the potential and so like i think that that's also very interesting yeah. and then like we talk about this dmp piece or dmt um piece like you look at at what that can also do and, and hasn't been done right which is like you know as soon as i got back from amsterdam i got really deep into to building a thesis around like why rare sats or just like uncommon sats specifically right. could be really interesting to collect and like, you know, no one has taken that specifically and like gated a community with it, right? Yeah, like, uh, you know, you own five uncommons, yes. you're now part of the uncommon club or something, right? So mm. there's there's still so much to be really explored. And again, like it's, but it's all going to take time, right? Yeah. And, and who really knows if, if the sat ranges is actually going to be the winning standard over runes or, or, or not. But like, right. uh, there's so many different people experimenting on on, I think exactly what you're talking about, right? This, this DMT. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, uh, theory. Yeah. Casey Rodimer was the first one to really apply this, right? This whole sequencing yeah. thing of all Satoshi's right. Mm -hmm. And then Blockamoto, And then we have rare sats. Like these are all, these are all like, uh, identifying patterns within the Bitcoin's blockchain that you can attribute value to. Correct. And so this, yes. this methodology just allows anybody to, you know, discover a pattern and then create a, a token of some kind. Yeah, the more we talk about this stuff, it definitely feels like we're honing in on like <clears throat> this is the newness factor that yeah, because we're seeing a lot of this like discussion happening on Twitter now. Like it's like bullish sentiment is kind of re-entering the space. It's like right because of the whole ETF speculation and stuff. So I was like, all right, now we're all bullish, right, guys? So what is it we're bullish about? Yeah, yeah, right. Like <laughs> yeah. We take ourselves back four years ago. You know, we had NFTs, we had DeFi that was newly emerging, we had the metaverse sector that was like emerging. Game five, there was so much like newness in the space, right? There's a lot to kind of like gravitate towards. Now, you know, relocate to your current time positioning. Yeah. In the, uh, in the time future. continuum. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of feels like we're regurgitating a lot of the old stuff, 
but like but this new like um creating derivative digital value products based on like the innate uh existing data infrastructure of what we've already kind of created with blockchain yeah right like let's utilize blockchain in a whole new space right right and that's kind of like why we slapped an umbrella term to this is digital matter theory Right. It's like a whole new human behavior, right? It's yeah. it's like let's let's leverage data to its maximum potential other than like, you know, AI large language models and stuff like that. Let's create new derivative products from from data. Yeah, for right? sure. Right now we can start yeah. with blockchain, but this can be applied in a, in a much broader spectrum. Yeah, uh, and there's there's a new thing and and you know, we'll we'll shut up about DMT after this, but uh, <laughs> the the unintended consequence of this angle is that BRC20s, runes, and all these like fungible standards, they don't account for an inflationary supply. Like none, none of them, right? And so with this uh, this pattern recognition, this pattern could occur every single 10 minutes. And so you have a methodology to expand the supply. We go back to what happened with Azuki. They tried to quote unquote expand the supply and everybody hated it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so through this non-arbitrary, you know, expansionary supply, you'll always have new tokens, a, a new onboarding mechanism for future community members. And, and those community members who decide to adopt this, um, this token, they, they know that there's a, a probability that the token is going to increase based on, you know, every single 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so yep. now, now I think you just have more as a developer, you have more room to like kind of design something with. Mm -hmm. So it's something that uh, we've kind of been toying around. We have like this, um, I guess a, a Gitbook sort of like pending on release just to have everybody kind of come up with their own like tokens based on like these pattern recognitions and stuff. But it's definitely a pain when trying to figure out like the best fungible standard to kind of like, you know, do the first, first token with. But, but yeah, I mean, yep. this is like, you know, just a, a timing thing with like so many standards. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. So, um, so we talked about track and uh, we talked about Casey uh, you mentioned earlier about quadrillion art. Can you want to go go into detail about what that is and like uh, what you're doing with the, with this project? Totally. Yeah. So um, quadrillion is is really building its first product called Perpetuals, um, and with its volume one beginnings, it's a curated collection of 21 artists. Mm -hmm. um, really 21 established artists really making their debut on ETH. Um, and it'll be varying edition sizes, a really unique minting experience that we built from the ground up. Um, and I think we're very excited with how these, these artists have taken to, you know, building on Bitcoin, uh, launching, you know, with us for the first time. And then, of course, the relationship with with OXBT, which will be that OXBT holders get priority access to to this sort of curated collection. Hmm. Um, and so that's ultimately what Quadrillion is, at least for now, um, and its first product with with Perpetuals. And I'm happy to to answer any questions on that. Have you announced the 21 artists yet? No. So with this sort of unique minting experience. Um, we won't be actually announcing who the artists are mm. until post mint. And the reason for that is, is we wanted it to be a high focus on the art, not mm. the artist. Mm -hmm. Right. Gotcha. Um, and so we want, what we're trying to do, right. Is, is really allow you to, with these reveals to really connect 
right with the art as well as as you know hopefully the artist behind it without knowing their name right and so what you see with every single reveal is not only the art piece but also an audio piece right talking about uh the 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 sort of uh, um the process behind doing it or you know we were given that we gave them you know total creative freedom on the audio side i believe that that coming in the future we'll see like a song um and a bunch of other sort of things that that connect to to this piece but uh, out of those 21 artists, we will have revealed at least three of the 21 by the time we, we get to Mint, which should be sometime in, in early November and, and full Mint details should be coming soon. But um, yeah, the three artists, uh, will there will be three out of the 21 artists that will be revealed at least. Okay. Um, and of course, from there, the, 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 the rest of those, what we'd like you to do is, is of course, connect, mm-hmm. but also sort of, you know, see if you can figure out who those artists is right? yeah. or who those artists are right mm-hmm. and, and try and see if you can you can sleuth and go go to to eth and, and other sort of things and, and find uh who those artists are and, and, mm-hmm. and sort of get excited about you know these people of course yeah. launching for the first time on on bitcoin yeah that's cool and so, one of the ones we we already released on a space on friday uh was terrell jones mm-hmm. um who's an amazing amazing artist on on, on eth and uh, coming up on the on the second one, we'll release out of the, out of the three is is this Thursday on a, on a Twitter space with with that gentleman. Right on. Hey, uh, so I guess that's pretty interesting because you're, you're you're hardcore, I guess, involved. So you're, you're trying to because we've seen like the the discussions and the attempts of getting you know people and artists yeah. like this, yeah. like ginormous mag, like the biggest artists who kind of like <laughs> catalyze a lot of the mania from the last uh, you know cycle interested yeah. in you know digital artifacts and bitcoin and so how, how has the reaction been like you know internally in these dialogues you've been having with these artists like are they yeah is there a lot of friction is like nah man you know nfts are They're dead or like what's their <laughs> initial reaction to like you know this so pitch? so a couple of things right so one is is like we definitely tried to go for the people's the x copies <laughs> right yeah. those those guys um, I think where they're sort of at, right, is, is of course, in their careers, they now have, I think, um, some pretty high minimums uh, or sort of guarantees that they need yeah. uh, in order to, for them to even consider it. And, and you know, usually that's in the fi- high five to, to low six figures. Um, and we have we have sort of zero dollars. Right. So, you know, I yeah. think that, that we tried, we tried and, and you know, could not. But I, I think that the lineup we did secure and confirm i think is is the absolute best we could do yeah. right with with close to zero resources mm-hmm. um and so i think to your question right of of how was the conversations mm-hmm. uh, i actually thought it was it was very smooth i think that that like you know the the pitch the pitch was really this right if you if you look at um you know different sort of blockchains as canvases um, we just believe, of course, Bitcoin to be the the sort of best canvas for you to create on, mm. right? The most resilient database, uh, you know, the the sort of most immutable, right? Uncensorable, all of that sort of stuff. We believe it to be, you know, the the best canvas that you should you should be creating on in the long term, right? Continue to to do your stuff on ETH. I think that it's it's you know you're not ETH is not going to go anywhere, uh, probably in in the short term, and so. Um, that was ultimately the pitch and people were like, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested. So we, we, you know, I think we we're actually surprised by that reaction as well. I think that when we started this, this sort of BD for this months ago, um, we thought that there'd be a lot of pushback, but many of these artists were very open, 
um, wanted to learn about ordinals. And <clears throat> I think as a part of this whole experience as well, we sort of threw all of our artists into one discord server, almost like sort of like summer camp or, or you know, band camp and allowed them to interact with, with, with of course each other um, as well as learn about ordinals. Right. So yeah. we've onboarded all of them to ordinals and we're hoping that, you know, many of their communities and collectors also, you know, are also involved in, in the mint as well. And, and, you know, I think like the, the OXP team, it like hopefully some sort of signal, to, to people that, you know, you should be coming over here, right? Like you should be interacting with Bitcoin and, and, you know, setting up a wallet and all of these sort of like basic, basic things. So yeah, but that, that, that that's a great question. Yeah. That's important yeah. because yeah, I don't think any, anybody should expect like people to be like a, a, a what is it? A swoosh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing but net, like off the rip. Yeah. <laughs> these guys, I mean, they're going to need to see something yeah, some substance before they jump in. Correct. Yeah, totally. and so it's gonna take you know projects like this, like a lot, a lot more of like an organic you know momentum building movement in the art space in yeah. order to kind of like gravitate these you know these bigger uh, names into the space. But totally. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree with you. I think I think they need they need that signal right, and like they're the you know these larger artists I think are are sometimes some of the last ones to jump and that's, and that's totally fine. Right? I think like you get to a certain point in your career where like you should be taking more measured jumps, right. Rather than just sort of jumping at any, at any opportunity. Um, but I think like, again, like I think the, the lineup that we, we secured and, and, and have is killer. And I think that, you know, uh, we did the absolute best that we could. And I think that's all we can, we can really do. And I think, uh, you know, the, the sort of volumes or, or like sales, that these artists have done right on ETH is, is like somewhere in the range of like, you know, 10 to $20 million collectively. So, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's definitely not, um, you know, sort of like X copy or, or people, but it's like, I, I think that all of these artists are, are so incredibly talented and, and deserve, you know, the absolute best as well. Did you have to explain the difference between an ordinal and an NFT uh, to convince them or, or, or yeah we did and, and i think to that point it was actually kind of interesting some of these artists like actually assumed that their art was on chain on ETH, <laughs> yeah. right like they didn't yeah. they didn't know that that like you know they didn't know what an ipfs you know pointer yeah. like was like yeah. they didn't know any of that stuff and i think it's understandable right because i think as a as a as an artist right as a creator uh you probably are worried less about that sort of stuff than you are about just creating right or just or just being as creative as possible like you just want the thing to work mm -hmm. you just want to be able to sell your work yeah. um and not so much worried about the tech and so like yeah it, we definitely had to explain it um as well as it was it was sort of eye-opening i think for some more than others that that their art wasn't fully on chain and could have you know and could go away unfortunately in the future if if on eth yeah yeah that's true um i i'm assuming that most people just assumed that it was on chain. Mm -hmm. I think, I think most people don't know, actually. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. No, I think most people don't, right? I think like people just go to OpenSea, right? They yeah. go to Blur and they're like, yeah, this is on ETH. It must be, you know, it yeah. must be immutable. It must not ever change, right? And and it's, of course, just not the, not the case or not the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, because to us, obviously, that's very, the whole digital artifact narrative is, it's a strong one to us, right? But we're like hardcore Techs. Web3 heads yeah. and I guess techies. Yeah. We're not like normal consumers, I guess I would say, like, you know. Um, but I think that is all, that is who we are kind of like, you know, targeting at some point, like in the future where we're expecting them to kind of like come in and gravitate and be reinvigorated into this space and all the, you know, the, 
the products that we can offer as as a as an industry or collective, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. As a community. Um, but I'm wondering if, if this digital artifact, how, how can, will this be like the main attractive attraction point for them? Or is it going to be again, like something, something, the newness factor, like, okay, we have these, um, this digital art, these digital collectibles, they're truly on chain, but they're also, they have these derivative mix-ups of, you know, rare sats are embedded into them or imbued into them. Is that going to be like the main selling point you think, um, I don't know. Like, yeah. What are your thoughts as well, far as like, how do you? I, I think, I think again to the to the pitch, right? Of of what we we really pitch to these artists is like, there's obviously not only the product and and the experience, but like, you know, why you should be doing this over mm-hmm. Tezos or some of the other maybe uh, you know options that they've been working with in the past. Um, is I think that like again, like like we believe, you know, if you look at sort of blockchains as as ultimately the a, a canvas to create on. You know, we believe Bitcoin to be the, the the best canvas. You, I think, as an artist, right? You as a creator, you do probably care about the canvas you create on, right? Yeah. You, you, you do really care about that. And so I think that the digital artifact narrative is is absolutely one of the best selling points. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, though, I, I guess actually I'm just remembering this now, but I will say that that there was a little bit of, of worry, worriness around... <clears throat> Of course, one of the features of a digital artifact, right, is is royalties cannot be enforced, mm. right? If it is right. enforced, it's no longer a digital artifact. And of course, with these artists, they're they're still used to you know royalties on on the east side, mm-hmm. and I, I completely understand that. And of course, on Bitcoin, we've started at zero royalties, so that was the only piece that I think was a little bit difficult for some of these artists like, well, shit, I mean, it's really, it's really just sort of the, you know, the primary sale. And then I'm not sure, you know, sort of what I can do after. Now I know Gamma does support royalties. Um, and so there is that at least, but, but still, right. It's nothing in comparison to, to the east side. Yeah. Right. And so that was the only thing actually that I'm, I'm, I'm now sort of recalling many of those conversations that was like a bit of a worry, but I think, you know, fortunately, just a lot of these artists were very open-minded and mm-hmm. and and ready. Um, cannot be more happy about that. Yeah, even on the Ethereum side, there's um, there's like royalties aren't really enforced, really. So yeah. it's like it's all front end stuff. Like in the same way that um, it's going to be on the front end for uh, for ordinals. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. I think. I think at least still on the ETH side, the artist side, there is just still some. It's not enforced. That's for sure. But there is some some social consensus around like, all right, yeah, if you're buying, you know, if you're buying more fine art, then you know, pay your fair share of royalties. Um, so yeah, it, it is just a little bit different. So you mentioned perpetuals. Do you want to explain um, how how are you working with them or and all that? Yeah, I mean, I uh, uh, I think that the and when you say that in that question, like how we're working with these artists or or. Uh, yeah, correct. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the I guess the relationship is really like, you know, we're providing uh, the platform, you know, doing the, gotcha. the the marketing, the outreach, the BD for for collectors, um, uh, you know, basically sort of sort of everything, right? Because uh, their their names are not going to be mentioned, of course, until postman, and so mm-hmm. not much, you know, uh, uh, sort of left. I think on on once they've of course finished their piece. Mm-hmm. um that they have to do uh it's it's been a you know a full experience like we're inscribing it right and then and then of course on on mint day 
um, uh, inscribing that as, as well. So uh, the, the so, artists really in, in the relationship was, hey, this is your Genesis piece, right? This is the theme, which is beginnings, right? It's, it's the beginnings of, of their pieces here. It's beginnings of, of honestly, like Quadrillion as a company, right? Just a whole host of, of, of things, you know, show us that in, in your work, but you have full creative, you know, sort of freedom over that. And so you're seeing that, I think, in, in the pieces, right? Like, the, I think we've now revealed, I think, eight or nine pieces so far, right? And they're all so dramatically different. Um, of course, they all have their own styles, but but represent something totally different to, to, to each of them. And so that is that. And then I think really lastly, like the relationship as well is we're planning a, we're planning an IRL event as well to sort of close out cool. this full experience mm-hmm. um, in LA, uh, post plan for sort of post mint. So that is... Um, that is the the really the relationship. Okay, so I'm assuming these artists they uh, they're probably submitting like 4K content and like all this like high res <laughs> stuff. So do you have to like yeah? Do you, so do you are you breaking this content down into pieces and like um, and doing recursive inscriptions or do they do it or like how how does that work? Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean the majority of them right have have crazy file sizes and and of course that has been one of the problems or, or, or sort of hurdles, right, is, is uh, file size for really all of them. So what we're doing is, um, you know, all of them have their high res images that they've, that they've submitted. Um, and then some of them were able to, through their own sort of compression methods, get it down to under 350 kilobytes. That, okay. was, that was sort of the uh, requirement. And others just couldn't. And so we have, we have someone on the compression side that's, that was helping us or, or was able to help us um, you know, get those file sizes down to, to under 350 kilobytes. And you know, of course, what you'll see on chain is, is that under 350 kilobyte image. And um, uh, you know, I believe the plan for now on, on the marketplaces is to show the high res, mm. right? But yes. um, that, is, that is the current plan. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, because uh, these artists are not going to know the uh, the technical limitations of the chain themselves. Yeah, and so and that's why you know f- you know the industry has come up with ways to sort of compress things through recursive inscription yep. or you know other methods. So, um, I, I guess uh, one one other, one question for you, BitGod, is um, bitmap. What what are your yep. thoughts on on bitmap and like its potential to be utilized for like community building yeah. and like. And I, I really want to kind of like also add in like um because we were around in 20, 2019, 2020 era where you know NFT art was first starting to kind of like you mm-hmm. know um the collector community was starting to kind of come together right around a very I'm I'm seeing a lot of parallels between what you're doing with your project and you know the early NFT art community um you know building this organic uh, collector interest of like digital collectibles bringing these artists, uh, making them, you know, or inspiring them, motivating them, whatever to, to put their, their, their talents on chain as, as closely as possible as they could on mm-hmm. Ethereum, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and a, a huge movement kind of spun up from that. And it was very slow in the beginning, very organic. Right. And if some people didn't see if this would even blow up or not, but obviously it, it took off to become one of the most, I guess, like valuable, um, products, like product of showcases of web three of all time. Right. So, Um, and along that time, like the metaverse space was kind of like in its infancy as well, but it became like a main, like showcase space for a lot of these artists as well. Like in crypto voxels, Decentraland, whatever, there was a lot of like art unveil events in these virtual environments. So I'm wondering if, yeah, 
in relation to bitmap as far as like you know where is the virtual space on bitcoin as of right now this is like yeah. the only real attempt only real existing virtual environment that any artist has any exposure to so have you explored this kind of this parallel like how how you guys can kind of leverage what's happening with bitmap and um kind of like you know bring more juice to this movement you're trying to create yeah yeah so um i, I think two of the people i know best really on that side of things are 8-bit right mm -hmm. and uh and and i'm so chris right um who's building i think really bitmap valley so um i think both of them have been have been huge supporters of 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 course of bitmap time so chris specifically right i've I'm, I'm definitely trying to support him as much as i as much as i can on the uh on the bitmap valley side right and so i know that that um you know he's he's getting closer to the launch of that and i'm looking forward to seeing how i can i can personally help as well as 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 the community of course that we have behind us so i i think that's my that's my some of my thoughts to, to bitmap is like i'm not i i own a, a ton of bitmaps i think i think over 150 mm. uh but i i i don't i think other than that and other than than you know those sort of key connections you know, I don't have, I, I think don't have sort of like clear or, or, you know, maybe well thought out, um, you know, thoughts to, to how I can sort of help further, mm. uh, the bitmap community. So, uh, that's where I'm currently at with, with bitmap, right? I think it's, it's, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, right. I've been a, a, a serious focus on the art side of things and have been, you know, I think, I think unfortunately less focused on, you know, many of the other, other pro meta protocols. But uh, I would love to see how I can I can sort of help out more, honestly. Yeah, um, that makes that's sense. That's where I'm at with it. That makes sense. I mean, uh, you know, building the metaverse is like one of the more complex human initiatives, really. <laughs> uh, just because, yeah. you, you know, you look at any successful AAA game and you look at the budget it has, it's like over $100 million. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's pretty difficult to see how anyone can build the metaverse in any way, right, without having $100 million, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, I totally get it. Um, I, I guess with, uh, with your large community, big guy, what, you know, what would, what would you want to see from like a, like a, a implementation of a metaverse that you could take advantage yeah. of? Mm. Like, do you have any idea, like what you'd prefer to see, like, you know, from a 3d totally. space? I, I think my answer is, is I think pretty simple. Like I think it just, it just needs to be fun. Right. I mm. think that. Mm -hmm. Too often, um, what I've been seeing on uh, gaming, and I think that this this spills over into the metaverse as as a niche as well, is like is like too much focus first on the assets or sort of like the asset value, and not enough focus on like just making the game or sort of making the experience fun first. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like that's what I'm I'm ultimately looking for, and I, I would I would argue that the the community would have you know somewhat of the same symptom. I'm sure. Some of the community would be like, yeah, I, I, I would like it to be fun, but also it needs to make me money. I think like yeah. like that's a, a sort of side effect. I, I think it's just, you know, with Bitmap Valley, what I've seen I'm so Chris do, like that seems fun to me, right? It seems like something I would want to sit down and play with for, for an hour or so if, if, you know, it was simple to get into, right? And there was, you know, I had friends that were into it as well. Like that's what I, I think is is best, like is, is making that experience as, as fun as possible. And then like, you know, the whole secondary side of things, the whole, you know, I think money can come second. Yeah. Um, so that's what, that's what I would, I would say in response to that question. 
Yeah, it's it's difficult because when it comes to like land ownership, you uh, mm -hmm. you spend so much money on land. Well, it's specifically for Bitmap, it wasn't very expensive, but <laughs> once you own land, you put money into it. You you try to come up with ways to like monetize it in a way where you sort of get some sort of ROI from some sort of investment. And so our thesis is like the economics of the metaverse is like very, very important to its construction and its build out. Uh, but, but then again, you know, we've seen a, a ton of games out there that are extremely fun. They don't look as, you know, unreal engine esque, but they have yeah. like 65 million daily active users, you know, something like right. Roblox. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it needs to be, you know, I, I don't think it needs to be triple A quality, right? I think, I think again, like, uh, some of the more fun games I've been having or playing are, are some of the stuff that's been inscribed, right? Like, like yeah. on Horde.io and like, that's definitely not triple A quality, that's right. right? It's like, it's like Pong again, right? It's, it's like simple, simple stuff that I, I used to play, you know, as I was, as a bit younger. So yeah, I, I, I think that it doesn't need to be crazy, crazy budgets, Unreal Engine. Um, I think it just needs to be fun, but that's yeah. also not a, that's not an easy thing to do. Right. I think I'm just saying like, it needs to be fun. Right. Yeah, that's, that's a hard thing to do. Right. So, um, but that's what I'm ultimately looking for. All right. Uh, what are your takeaways from Bitcoin Amsterdam that, uh, that you just, uh, visited any, uh, major takeaways? Yeah. Uh, one of my major takeaways was, was how much more probably open the European Bitcoin community is than probably the Western side of the world. Um, you know, went to one party specifically, right? The, uh, it was like the official Bitcoin Amsterdam, like Wales or VIP party. And, uh, I don't, I actually didn't see too many other ordinals people there. I think they were at, they were at another party mainly, but, uh, the majority of people there were, were maxis, right? I think people that had never touched ordinals or might never touch ordinals. And my goal there was to try and ordinal pill, right? As many people as possible. And, you know, I had about. 25% of people say like, oh, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a maxi, I'll never touch it. 25% would be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a maxi, but maybe I'll sort of buy my first ordinal in the next six months. And the other 50% were like, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. Uh, I would love to, to check it out and like learn more. So I think that like, you know, having that 50% or, or, or more people that I really chatted with, um, be interested in, in, in ordinals, they've heard about it. They don't know where to get started is I think the starting point, right? Like I think too often, people are trying to go for uh, uh, like the, the mass or the normies or, or like, no, like we have a lot of people right in front of us, like Bitcoin maxis that are already in Bitcoin that would love to learn about this stuff and just don't know where to get started. And so like trying to figure out like how to get in front of those people um, has been a, a sort of challenge of mine. Um, I've been on more sort of like Bitcoin maxi spaces, I think in the past couple of days or since I got back from, from uh, Bitcoin Amsterdam, but that was one of my biggest takeaways is I think just like the most of the people that were there at that specific party and just at the conference in general were, were definitely more European or maybe on the Asian side of the world rather than uh, rather than the Western side of the world. And they're much more open. Right. Mm -hmm. I think whereas as you know, I went to Bitcoin Miami and, uh, you know, the people like, you know, fuck ordinals. Right. And like and like, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, yeah. it's much more brazen, I guess, mm -hmm. um, much maybe many more keyboard warriors on the U.S. side. So uh, it was it was really interesting to see. And. Uh, that was one of my, my, my takeaways though. And the ordinals community is incredibly strong too. So uh, well, what, it was great to get closer with them. What do the Bitcoin maxi say about, um, I guess the mining reward being halved into zero in 120 years from now, how do they see it being sustainable for the miners to keep the, the lights <laughs> on? 
I don't think that they, I don't think they think about that too much. Right. I think that they just like, they're just like, you know, this is graffiti. This is uh it's shit coinery. Right? It's, right. it's, it's nonsense. Get it off. But this has been my thesis, right. Is, is like to your specific question and, and sort of the point uh, I think that you're implying, right. Is like, is, is the miners, I think care about this stuff, right. Yeah, maybe yeah. some of those miners are Bitcoin maxis. Uh, but I do think that the miners will ultimately choose, of course, what is there to feed their families, not Bitcoin maxi ideals, yeah, right? right? And 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 maybe that's ordinals, maybe that's something else, right? Maybe it's RGB. I don't know, but yeah. but I think that that uh, that's my thesis on 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 you know sort of the answer to your question there um, okay. is I think I just hear in these spaces like you know it's 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 nonsense, it shouldn't happen, blah blah blah. I, I do see like a little bit of shifting though, right? Like. From Bitcoin Magazine, I think you you guys have maybe seen the um, uh, was it Project Spartacus, right? Which mm. is which is trying to I believe put uh, many of the Assange files mm. right on oh. on chain and on okay. ordinals. Okay. Um, and there you know in these spaces I've, I've been on since getting back from Amsterdam, many of them seem to really like that. Um, yeah. Now I don't know if they would collect it, right? If they're going to use their Bitcoin to to collect that stuff, if that even is a, is a, is a possibility, but they do, they have said on these spaces, like, Hey, I actually really like that as an initiative. So that I think again, is like, is like just a small step, right? Yeah. Like these little small steps to, you know, ultimately getting people more and more into, or okay with, Hey, like ordinals could actually be a good thing. It's not all just shitcoinery, Right. So um, yeah, small steps. There's so many use cases where if you want something to be immutable, whether it's like an Assange file or a picture, it, it's yeah. the best place to do it is on Bitcoin. Like it's, it's pretty yeah. reasonable. Yeah. So, totally. all right, big God, I think, uh, that's, that's our time here. I uh, really appreciate you for joining us. Any last takeaways from your side that you want our community to kind of, uh, look at or anything? I uh, no, I think, I think, um, you know, to sort of close out, uh, I think best if, if, of course, you're really interested in art or, or maybe you're not in art, but are, are really interested to learn more. I think just follow along with the the whole reveal experience with, you know, at, at Quadrillion um, that happens, you know, or will be happening over the next couple of weeks every day at, at 2.10 p.m. PST. Um, you know, just check out the the images. There's there's a ton of detail in all of them, as well as, you know, listen to the audio and, and just follow along. And, you know, if you connect with a couple of pieces and, you know, hopefully you want to you want to take part in, in the mint. And I think the, the details will be out, out on that soon. Um, and also just say like, you know, appreciate uh, you guys, of course, for having me on and, and hopefully uh, anyone from, I guess, our community or, or my community uh, as well as, as well as others, make sure to, to give you guys a follow and, and continue to push your podcast forward. Yeah. I appreciate that big guy. And uh, we're excited to see what, you know, the art from quadrillion and, uh, well, we're going to be following closely. Yeah. Um, now that art is forever on chain, like we're definitely way more interested than we were in in Ethereum land. So, yeah, yeah. and it's definitely going to be important to see how your uh, <clears throat> your brand and what it is your community represents kind of evolves moving forward. Because, like we established earlier in the conversation, there's a lot of we're it feels like we're in a lull, but not really. I guess like, like technical lull, but yeah. culturally and like. Uh, I guess like that gut instinct we all have, like I, I don't, I don't feel like it's deterred in any way. It's just more yeah. of like, yeah, we have to kind of like sit around and wait for the the giga brains to figure out <laughs> how yeah. do we actually build the real value moving forward. But yeah, yeah, people, people like you and the communities you guys, you people like yourselves can generate around that. <clears throat> that is what's going to drive this space forward, right? Because I mean, 
influence is very powerful. Yeah. Something we've kind of like learned over time. Yeah. We didn't really appreciate as much like yeah. in the beginning days, you know, we didn't understand the power of social media, but you've definitely unlocked that for sure masterfully. And yeah, we definitely applaud you and everything you're doing as far as like leveraging that for like, you know, the good of this movement. Right. So totally. yeah, kudos to you and uh, your community. And uh, yeah, man, we're excited to see what you do in the future. Hopefully we have you back on. Yeah, for sure. Know. Yeah. All totally. Right. Uh, and I appreciate it. Of course, you guys, uh, you guys have me and looking forward to be being back soon, hopefully. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, man. And uh, we will be in touch on Twitter and looking forward to this release, man. Thank you so much. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at theblockrunner. Blockrunner.